Get ready to be inspired by real stories, real people, and real tools that will upgrade your life. It's time to get your shine on. Explore the five areas of health and wellness, your relationship with yourself, others, food, money, and your environment. Welcome to Shaping Lives. Here's your host, Julie Hatch. We are so excited to be here today. Guess what, guys? I have Lindsay Ellers in the house. Woohoo! Hey! <laughs> we are going to be talking about the four agreements today. And before we get started, I am going to go ahead and have you, Lindsay, introduce yourself. Hey, guys. Lindsay Ellers here. Thank you so much, Julie, for having me today. I'm so excited to be here and in the same room together. We were <laughs> not expecting to be able to do that, but these things come, they come to pass when they need to come to pass, That's right? right. Um, so I am a women's self-love coach. So I help women to remember who they innately are in the sense of being able to go and do the things that they were meant to do on planet Earth here. So I am so excited and happy to be able to help and support these women in ways that are needed. My um, focus and areas of expertise happen to be uh, luxury destination retreats. So a lot of those are international. Um, we are headed to Iceland this September, <laughs> actually. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why um, we're focusing on the four agreements today is because um, that is that is my focus for a lot of this year. Um, and that will also be a focus of the Iceland retreat itself. It's the four agreements of a warrior. And I believe that this is a time and a season where people are just very much needing to resurrect that inner warrior or awaken it for the first time. And um, I'm just really, really honored completely to be a part of that. So yeah, retreats and I do um, classes and all kinds of things. I'm just doing whatever I can. I, I just want to help. I just yes. want, I want to help. And it comes across that way. And Thank guys, you. seriously, I have been following um, Lindsay for a while now. We met back in a retreat in Alta about, what is it, two years ago now? Oh, my gosh. I can't Two or three years two, ago. Yeah, two or three years. And that's how we met. That's how our paths crossed. And I love her messages. I love what she's sharing. So if you aren't familiar with Lindsay, she's on Facebook. Are you on Instagram? I technically am. Technically, she's I have on one Instagram. post. <laughs> okay, cool. So you can follow her on Facebook or Instagram, but she's more on Facebook. And, and I recommend it because she shares very empowering messages and definitely has helped me come into an understanding of my purposes and what the woman that I am and the mission that I have in this life. So if she's helping me, I know that she's helping many, many countless other people. So mm, they want to follow her. You're welcome. So to begin, we're just going to hop on in. You know, we did post in the fan page. If you're not on the fan page, you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash shaping lives and weigh in. Even afterwards, feel free to share. But the first one, we're just going to kind of go in order here. The first one is in, be impeccable with your word. So what this encapsulates is speak with integrity, say only what you mean, avoid using the word to speak against yourself. Did you hear that, guys? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or to gossip about others. Mm -hmm. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. So I want to just 
ask you this, Lindsay, what does this mean to you? What does it mean to be impeccable with your word? Oh my gosh, this has been one of the biggest learning experiences I've had for the past handful of years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was in a space where I left an abusive marriage. I um, completely like got myself out of everything that I ever was then and just took my daughter, packed up my car and left kind of a thing. And the whole process of me doing that, I started to really unravel a lot of the stuff that was going on in my brain towards myself. I had a lot of expectations. I had a lot of just ideas that this is how I should be. This is who I actually am. And if I'm not adhering to that, I am not a good person, basically. Like I I got really, really ugly with some of the things that I would talk to myself, with some of the ways that I would speak to myself. And um, it started just to become very, very clear that the more I would um, – clean up, so to speak, the ways that I was speaking to myself, as well as the things that I was saying to others, not only about myself, but in general, like, um, I just thought it was very okay to like, oh, yeah, this person is struggling with this, this and this, even though that person had asked me specifically, don't don't share this with anybody else. This is confidential. Da, 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 da. I was like, oh, they'll never know. I'll just tell this right. other person who doesn't know them. And then sometimes wires would cross and then it was just right. messy. And right. da, 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 da. I just didn't <laughs> have any. To me. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I've just come into the understanding that um, I really respect and honor when people can treat my words with with sacredness, not to say that I'm any more or less sacred than anybody else, but just the story that I have to share and the things that I have, I want, I would love if people can take it, take it with a grain of salt, so to speak, like take it with love, like lens of love, Mm -hmm. because that's the way that I intend it. And I know that the rest of us intend that too. Um, And so this has been a really, really powerful opportunity for me to become very, very clear about how I speak about myself to myself, to others, and then how I speak about others to others, because we're all interconnected. We have, we have, I mean, we will never be disconnected. We are all energetically connected together. And when we are in the space of speaking about someone else, Um, in a way that doesn't reflect their truest, most divine state, which is, you know, we're human. So we do that, right? We're also wounding ourselves when we're doing that. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Right. And so when we are wounding ourselves, we make ourselves that much less effective to be able to step into our purposes, step into that power that we innately, divinely, naturally have. We wound ourselves so that we're just that much less effective. Not that we can't be effective when we've got holes poked in our tires. We can still go. We can still do. But how much more can we do in the space that we're in with the people, with the community, with the part of the planet that we interact with, whether that's the entire thing or a small corner of it, that is important and that is vital and necessary for us to be able to claim in that space. Mm -hmm. So if we are harming ourselves in a way that we're not able to fully reach in the way that we're meant to, we're actually doing ourselves and the whole world a disservice. Absolutely. So this has been a really, really great opportunity for me um, to look into in myself and also to notice with my clients, um, like using the power of the word in the direction of truth and love has just been absolutely completely revolutionary in every part of my life. 
this is, I think, what I pick up to when I read your post. It comes through that way. The one thing that I've learned about uh, integrity is it begins with us. It begins mm-hmm. with self. When I was going to some of the three key element workshops, mm-hmm. um, as you know, Kim and Kirk Duncan specialize in body language. And they were talking about how what we think comes through that body language too. And it's not always just even in our words. Sometimes our our body will portray a completely different message than mm. what's what we're speaking because it's not really we're speaking from the heart. Or, mm. you know? um, or if we're being dual-minded about something where our heart feels and thinks one thing and our mind is in a different space where it's feeling or thinking a different thing, it shows up. But I know what you're saying too really resonates with me because I had a situation where I didn't realize my own self-deception. I didn't recognize how I was not being completely honest or in integrity with myself. And so what I was speaking was not really, it was reflecting that everything that Mm. I was speaking was kind of reflecting the fact that I was in that space and Mm. it bled out onto people and hurt them. And then when I realized it and woke up to it and could take responsibility for it, what the sad part about this is that that person, you never know the people that we even unintentionally cut, you know, cut with our words, you don't know how that's going to affect them moving forward or how, you know, now they're carrying something that really wasn't theirs to carry to begin with. Mm. It's just something you put out there. Mm-hmm. And I, it was a real hard lesson and a real hard pill for me to swallow and to say, yeah, I was a part of that. And now I'm on this, you know, this, I'm in this space now where I'm um, really trying to hold a space of healing for her and taking accountability for that so that she doesn't have to carry that anymore. Mm. But you just, it's so important. It's so important to just be able to speak with integrity and um, and to really be willing to do some self-evaluation here and there and check in with yourself for sure. Absolutely. Well, and I think in relation to that too, that's, that's brought me into this space of really, really, really focusing in on how interpersonal boundaries and how healing from things like codependency, because those were things that I struggled with so hard. Mm -hmm. And I continue to learn so much through. But one of the biggest ways that we can dive into those spaces of addiction with others, um, with the codependency, and also just like really, really loose boundaries for whatever reason, maybe that's how we were raised, maybe that's what we understood we needed to do to be loved or accepted. When we are lying to ourselves, that's exactly when those things start to seep in. Oh, well, I'm not as important as the next person. Or, oh, this person knows more than I do about my life. Or, oh, you know, all of all of what we're hearing from other people, even if they're, you know, the expert, expert, expert of whatever field it is that they're that they're learning in, they need to be saying something that resonates with the truth that's inside mm-hmm. of us because ultimately all of anything that we're hearing from outside of us, it needs to be a second witness to what we already know yes. in ourself. <laughs> it's not meant to give us information that we never had kind right. of a thing. It's meant to remind us of what we already know. Well, and there's one thing too that I've noticed. I'm always a little bit surprised and I really shouldn't be because I've been here too, but it's so difficult. It seems for people to be able to ask for what they want. And it comes out in such a passive aggressive way, mm-hmm. like almost through manipulation mm-hmm. because they're afraid to own their need or their desire, or they're afraid of the judgment of having that need or desire to begin with. And mm-hmm. 
I think if you want to take one baby step just to practice, you know, stepping more fully into your integrity, honor your needs instead of judging them, honor them. It's beautiful. And, and be okay. Give yourself permission to be in that space, to ask for what you need and want. Mm -hmm. I really, you know, I really need a hug. I really want to feel loved. I really like, let's just be transparent about it and, and own it and be okay with that. And not because here's the thing, when we do that, it gives permission, not that anybody needs it, but we tend to take it as permission to show up the same way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, I am all about charity and service, but it's also a two way street. We need to be okay with showing up and saying, I have this need and I really could use some help, mm -hmm. you know, and, mm -hmm. and be okay with that. Absolutely. I love that. So okay. true. the next one is don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Mm -hmm. oh, that's, these are so good. Mm -hmm. Your retreat's right? going to be awesome sauce. I'm just oh saying. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it really is. You know, even just in creating the material, I, I'm using these this structure that's already mm -hmm. been laid out, that's already been made, that I believe is based on just divine truth that all of us can adhere to because it's aligned with all of our spirits mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> just putting the stuff together in relation to this has been such an incredible learning experience for me. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm like, oh wow, my, <laughs> my little inner warrior is really, really <laughs> needing to step up, like really hardcore here. Uh, am I really qualified to teach this thing? You know? And I think that's the beauty of this journey is we're all in it together. Yeah. We're all learning no matter what. And I mean, even Don Miguel Ruiz says that he's still learning, you know, he's still getting these truths and building upon them. And I don't think any of us will ever not. It's, it's part of our experience here on planet earth. So. And guys, yeah, I forgot to mention the author of the book. She just did. And I'm so glad. So Don Miguel Ruiz, mm -hmm. he is the author of the four agreements. And if you haven't read that book, it's such a great book, really recommend it. And, um, and I'm hoping this will kind of give you a little bit of insight into that book, but yeah. And there is so actually cool. a PDF online. That's free. I'm not sure. I, I want to say that it came directly from him. Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that. I'm well, like, you can, they can check. They can right. Check you guys can see. look into it. Yeah. Google it. I know there's a fifth agreement. I think he's mm -hmm. added to it, but yeah. um, it's, you know, it's really an easy read and it didn't take me long when I read it. Um, mm -hmm. It's he, he words it in a way that's very easily digestible, I think, mm -hmm. or gives you enough space where you can ponder without being or confused about what he's trying to share. Right. It's right? very, it's very simple, very fundamental yep. stuff, but very, very simple. But this thing, why do you think people take things personally? I think I, I can speak for myself here. I know the reasons why I've taken things personally is I've wanted an excuse to stay stuck in whatever it was that I was in. That's me speaking after lots and lots of self-reflection and things sure. like that. But ultimately that's like if I could project it or if I could blame it on someone else, um, that was outside of my control. And so I felt like, 
oh, well, it's off of me because it's on them right, now. Right. When in reality, um, we are ultimately responsible. I mean, even in the sense of when we wound other people, that's never the intent. Even if it is, I don't think we always know not or the, intend I, yeah, on the level I don't think it's always on a conscious happens. level, right? Like exactly. I think it's more a subconscious thing that's going on there. <laughs> exactly. Well, and some of the biggest healing I've been able to do in relation to some of the abuse that I've experienced, you know, with mm-hmm. my former marriage and things like that. Um, I, I've gotten to the point and it's been this incredible, incredible healing experience to just say, I really don't think he believed like that he was hurting me as right. much as he actually was right. not in the sense of enabling him and supporting him and continuing in his behaviors, but in the sense of, I really don't think that if he knew what he was doing, he would have been doing right, that kind of right. a deal. So in choosing not to take this personally, like that or any other experience personally, um, we really own, I mean, for example, if if I'm going to choose to go up and break someone's leg, you know, I would probably never choose to do this. But like, <laughs> if for some reason that that came across to me and I did that. I go and I break this person's leg and I run off, you know, break and run. And this person has now had their leg broken by me. I'm responsible for breaking that person's leg, but that person is responsible for taking care. I mean, ultimately, you know, if I accidentally broke someone's leg, I would like, okay, I'm driving you to the hospital. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing all these things. I want to make sure you're taking care right. of kind of a deal. <laughs> but if for some reason I decided to step out of that, like, that person is ultimately responsible. They're the one who is bleeding. They're the one who is broken. Mm-hmm. They're the one who's been harmed. And that goes in the same sense of trauma, mm-hmm. abuse, whatever else comes our way in life, whatever other wounds can come to us, um, whether we, you know, whether it's an accident, whether it's someone else, whether it's ourself, um, we're responsible for taking care of that. And because it's our body, it's our, our healing at that point, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If we need a plate in our leg, we need to go and get that taken care of. If we need to, whatever, like slap some herbs on it and wrap it up and call it good. <laughs> however we want to do that, you know, that is our, our responsibility ultimately. So when we choose not to take those actions personally, mm-hmm. I think it really liberates us in a way that, that oh, absolutely. so few other things can. empowering because yeah. then you can do something about yeah. it. But when you're, um, when you're kind of in that space of not, accepting responsibility mm-hmm. and you're giving it away, then that puts the onus on that person instead of you. So really it's, it's very, it's an empowering thing to do, to mm-hmm. be able to do that. Absolutely. I think one of the reasons too, that people take things personally is because it's, it's almost reflecting how they feel and where they are with themselves. Mm-hmm. And if you're in that mode of you don't see the goodness or the greatness in you, um, you become sensitive to the people around you seeing it. Because honestly, I think one of the biggest challenges we have is looking at our shadow selves, those parts of ourselves that are that we judge really harshly, that we don't want to see or we don't want others to see. Mm-hmm. And and so when somebody says something, even even if it's not intending for us to take it personally, if we're struggling in any way in that aspect, we will, because it's almost like that trigger point, like letting us know, okay, this part is unhealed. <laughs> this part needs a little love. Mm-hmm. This part needs a, it's easy to go into 
uh, I think, a victim mentality where you feel sorry for yourself or you start to, because that's really, when you take something personally, that's kind of in essence what we're doing. We're going right into a space of we're victims now. Mm -hmm. Somebody said something and it was hurtful and now I'm a victim of that. Um, But rather than see yourself through the lens of victim, um, I think when we do that, just like you said, it keeps us in that space of where we don't have to do anything about it now because it's that other person's fault. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't have to do anything now. We don't have to do the work. We don't have to look at the ugliness, the the parts that we think or perceive as ugly. And now um, it's hard work. It is. Oh my goodness. It's it's hard hard work. work. I don't blame anybody (laughs) for not wanting to look at that stuff. It's hard. And it, and I think that we have to let go of that, I think the expectations or the perfectionism that sometimes shows up so that we can look at those things. And, and that when we do that, guys, that's what helps us not take things so personally, because we're willing to look at those things and, and deal with them and go, Mm -hmm. okay, I see it. I recognize it. And I feel this heaviness or whatever. Um, When you're choosing to, to not be the victim, but to be the victor, the warrior that you are, will say, let's rise up and let's do something about this. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't matter, you know, what Jane and Joe say or, you know, what happens. We can just go, okay, um, I know my truth. I know where I stand. I know and I see from the strengths all the way to the weaknesses and everything in between. And it's there and it's okay because it's who I am. Mm-hmm. It's that's, Yeah. That's the strength. But anyway. That's powerful. One, one last thing on that mm-hmm. in relation to being a victim, the, the seed of the victor is in the victim. So in order for That's us true. to be victorious over anything, we actually need to experience not saying like we need to be victimized. We need to be harmed. We need to be compromised or, or whatever. Um, but, but in that being victimized for those of us who have experienced that in one way, shape or form, mm-hmm. which is all of us at yeah. some point, mm-hmm. um, you know, to a different level or different degree that, that gives us the capacity to become a victor, to become a warrior, to become all of what we are meant to truly be. And that going back into the being immune to the opinions and actions of others, um, keeps you from being the victim of needless suffering. I mean, truly when you are living in your truth, when you are deciding to use that warrior energy mm-hmm. within you to say, this is who I am. And I unapologetically show up mm-hmm. as I am because this is who I am destined to be. And this is how I am destined to serve. When we can truly step into that, we do take away so much of that needless suffering. It's not an easy no. path. There will be a lot of people or situations or experiences that will come in and question, are you serious about this? Are you serious about this? And so that's when people will find the haters or they'll find the, <laughs> you know, like, oh, everything's going against me. Like it is literally just that opportunity to say and prove to yourself, to, to God, practice, to, right? to practice. It's saying, <laughs> I am committed to this and I am doing this. And if we're choosing to push forward, even though we can't see exactly how that path is going to come forward, that's when the magic happens. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That is so good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next one is don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. 
with just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. So true. (laughs) So true. Mm -hmm. My first thought with that was, um, I'm always making assumptions. Like it's a human thing. Right. Like, well, I don't want to say I'm, I'm always doing it. I have mm-hmm. very frequently made assumptions throughout my life. Mm-hmm. I'm gaining a little more clarity about this now, but I love what you touched on earlier because you said it's almost like with your ex giving kind of a benefit of a doubt in a way like, yes, what happened hurt. But I think if he knew to the degree that it hurt me, he probably wouldn't have done what he did. I think that goes hand in hand with this assumption thing, though. I think, you know, because you could assume the worst, mm-hmm. that he totally intended to jack me up or, you know, mm-hmm. screw me over or whatever. Oh, yeah. And for a time I did. Right. I really, really believed that. I'd, coming out of my divorce, I did too. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. think there reaches a point, you know, when you start healing, when you don't feel the need, where you can kind of look at it more objectively, I think. Yeah. And you can kind of go, I can look at this now. But when at the time when you're going through it and you're kind of in all sorts of unhealingness, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is hard. It's sifting. It's, mm-hmm, you know, the sifting a lot. The, yep. Especially in situations where there, you know, there was a lot of conflict. I know right. not every divorce or not every, you know, dis- dissolution of a relationship necessarily has that, but mine definitely did. And when there was all that conflict going conflict going on and then having my little daughter involved and all the things right. that went along with that, there were easy, easy ways to make so a lot of assumptions. Don't you think too, like I, the more I think about this, let's see if I can remember what I was going to say, because the thought just slipped my mind, but it had to do with, um, is it there? Is it going to come? I'm going to, well... If it comes back, I'll share. <laughs> Sounds good. No worries. It just like decided to fly away. It That's was good okay. though, guys. It was good. It'll, I hope it comes back. I'm sure it, it will. will. But the communication thing, what I've learned about that, even with children. Now, mm-hmm. when I used to coach parents, this is one thing that I would tell them is that usually when we communicate with our children, it's to resolve an issue rather than to identify a need. So if we can change our communication to get to the core of what their need is, why they're acting out or why they're, what is that need? If you can get there, then you can eliminate a lot of the um, frustration that you might feel in trying to address the issue. Because I think a lot of times when, especially as parents, I don't know, Lindsay, you can probably understand what I'm talking here, but. Oh girl. I I was like, you know, Julie, so are you still doing that whole parenting coaching thing? I do. As part of my life coaching, I do. Um, I I let you know. For sure. (laughs) Right. One thing though that I've learned is, uh, and children can't always articulate what they need. And that Mm. makes it a little bit challenging as they get older and they become more Mm. self-aware and we can, but parents just keep in mind, we can teach them a little bit at a time. We can teach them how to be aware just by modeling it ourselves too. Like, oh, I see this and oh, I need to ask for this. And ta- like, honestly, when you're going through something and you recognize it, speak out loud about it. So your children can witness that because they pick up everything that we do. And sometimes 
I remember my daughter, I had no idea that she knew how to do PowerPoint presentations. I never taught her. Wow. I never taught her. And she came to me one day and she's like, mom, I need you to look over this PowerPoint presentation. I'm like, (laughs) "Uh, what? Wow. She's cool. But because she saw me and watched me put these PowerPoint presentations together, she picked up on it and you just I remember when she learned subtraction, I homeschooled my daughter and I had never, we hadn't gotten there yet. I'm like, how on earth did you learn? Like she just, but kids are like little sponges and we don't know what they pick up. And the best way sometimes if they can't articulate show, show, and then give them the words as you go through something, give them those words so that they can identify and go, okay. And start to get more exposed to that. But, wow. but the thing is um, when a child has a need and they don't know how to get it. That's when they act out. And that's when they kind of, you know, explode. But c- clear communication, I think that comes when we are able to identify the need. That mm. at, at the core, what is the need that my coworker has, my boss has, my spouse has, my son or my daughter? What is my own need? Mm-hmm. You know, when we can get really clear about that mm-hmm. and start communicating about that, that kind of cleans up assumptions. It kind of makes everything go a little bit more cohesively where you just get on the same. Well, and it's cool that you mentioned that with like the communication inside of us, because ultimately that's where we start practicing how to communicate with others. And so if we are looking inside of ourselves with that lens of truth of like, what's actually true here, what's really going on, let's take the emotion out of this Mm -hmm. and let's just look at the reality of what's happening inside of me. Oh, I have needs that right. are really unmet. Oh, <laughs> no wonder I get so grouchy every time this happens. I'm hungry because, you know, or whatever. Like, we're really so coming true. into that space of of clarity. And it's funny because, I mean, even in my own journey of um, not making assumptions and, and having a better form of communication with myself, I didn't know this, but my entire life I was struggling with an eating disorder. I was just recently diagnosed with anorexia and then they kind of like changed it into an OSFED thing. So it's like kind of anorexia and kind of other things. Mm -hmm. And so it's been this very fascinating journey to, to go through and to learn more about myself and to develop in such ways that oh my gosh, I was just not listening to what I actually needed. I I thought that in order to feel safe, I needed to feel in control. And in in order to feel in control, well, food was an easy way to do that. So, okay, I'm just going to do this instead. And in reality, it was causing so much damage in so many other parts of my life just because of this one simple, I mean, it wasn't just one simple, it several categories of communication within that it, had I chosen or had I had the ability to choose because I had the awareness to choose of this is, this is what's going on or, or little Lindsay or big mm-hmm. Lindsay or whatever, like mm-hmm. what's actually happening? What do you need? What, what's going on? I know you're feeling lots of stuff right now. What's actually happening. And I don't, you don't, All right. So now the last but not least is always do your best. And this one is all about your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Under any circumstance, simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse and regret. So I (laughs) I was talking to Lindsay and told her that in the group, in our fan page, this seemed to be the one that resonated with a lot of the people in that group. I'm really curious, listeners, which of these four resonates with you. And I still want to invite you to weigh in. 
you can download the Anchor app and you can actually leave voice me uh, voice messages for me. And you can also go into our fan page on Facebook called Shaping Lives and weigh in there. So I want to invite you to do that. But uh, Lindsay, this always do your best. What are your thoughts about this last one here? Oh, this is this is cool because um, I think this is one of the initial principles that I really, really like to stress, not stress, but really like to focus on as I'm bringing people into my clientele or who are in um, you know, my fan base or whatever else, um, always do your best when you, when you are recognizing that you probably are always doing your best. <laughs> um, and when you set that intention to recognize that you're always doing your best, you do, you walk away from being so judgy of yourself or abusing yourself or, or having that resentment or that regret or whatever else is coming up from that because you're recognizing, Hey, I can't pull 80 hour weeks when I've got the flu or whatever it is, you know, we can have these really high expectations of ourselves. Oh my gosh, I'm such a bad business owner because I'm not doing da 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 da. I'm not on all these, you know, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. Or I'm such a terrible mom because blah, 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 blah. Like my children aren't speaking 70 <laughs> languages and they don't know how to cook gourmet food by themselves or, or whatever. Like we obviously, I'm exaggerating quite a bit, but we know what I'm we're... not going to lie. I've had some of these fears though. Me too. Like... <laughs> Me too. And it's so normal. And I think this is one of those ways that we can kind of scale ourselves back and say, Hey, 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 Whoa, Whoa. Now <laughs> this is okay. This, even though, you know, expectations have been let down by other people, even though um, it's looking different than what it was yesterday, or even though this morning I had so much energy and now I don't and whatever, like when we are recognizing that we are always doing our best, um, truly, I really believe that in every single one of us, at any given moment, we are doing our best. Mm -hmm. And when we know better, we do better. It's so true. Right? I would add to that, I was talking to Lindsay about this earlier, about apathy and how we sometimes confuse. We we feel apathetic. And for those of you who don't know what that means, I'm just going to briefly touch on this. But apathy is when you do have a desire to do something, but you aren't willing to do anything about it. And what usually brings us to this point is we have tried things before and they didn't work. And then we run out of ideas. And so we feel like we're just hitting wall after wall after wall. And to the point that we kind of just give up and we don't, we just decide, okay, I'm not even going to touch this anymore. Mm -hmm. Nothing works. It's that whole, like nothing's working and <laughs> we get frustrated. And that's apathy, guys. And sometimes we mistake that. We judge it as we're being lazy. We don't care. We're not doing our best. And that's not the case. I think a lot of times we just, we don't have all the answers in life. You know, as well as I do, we don't. We, we are always in this process of learning and stretching and growing. And so if you're feeling that apathy, I would just make this suggestion. One thing that's helped me as I've understood this. And, it, and guys, it's great if you can kind of nip this in the bud because it's apathy is the precursor to depression, which is that state of hopelessness that we feel. And once you get there, it's it's even harder, I think, to get, get out of that mode sometimes and pick yourself up. Yeah. So if you can if you can address it at the point of apathy, you, I think 
it will help you before it gets to gets to a point where it's worse, where it gets into depression, and that can get very debilitating or feel that way sometimes. So here's my suggestion, though. Since we don't have all the answers, this is actually the time to play. Believe it or not, when you have apathy, doing anything, even if it doesn't make sense, and getting us into a mode of action is what helps to... Um, relieve that. So it's time to play. It's time to get creative. And as that happens, our brain starts connecting. Those receptors start connecting and we come up with new ideas and new inspiration that maybe is something we hadn't tried before or that answer that we're looking for. Also, another suggestion is talk to people who have done what you would like to do because they can sometimes help you with, again, giving you a different perspective or giving you some ideas that you hadn't considered before. So this connection thing with people is so important just for that reason. We learn and we grow through each other when we share and we say, gosh, I tried this and it worked and I'm so excited. You never know who else is going to benefit from that. And Mm. if somebody is not talking about it, ask them, you know, just, you know, see what's around you. Another thing is music. Music is so powerful and it moves us and sometimes takes us out of our heads and can get us to a point where we're opening up our mind in ways that um, doesn't always feel conscious even, but just even subconsciously um, where we can open our minds and relax about all the ways that didn't work and start opening our minds to what could work and possibilities. And so music can really be helpful too, but this always do your best that I think we just need to also honor where we are in our journey. And the more that we can accept that we don't have to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And, and let's, t- let's stop calling it giving up. I think a better way to phrase that, what if we could say, I'm going to just shelf this for a moment. I like that. Right? It just feels a little better. It doesn't mean that you're never going to come back around to it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if we can just say, let's shelf it. I'm going to hit pause for a moment and I'll be back to that in a moment. Instead of judging it and saying, I'm lazy, nothing I do works. You know, we kind of turn it on ourselves and go, ah, you know, it's supposed to be perfect and it's supposed to be working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think if we can, if we can just hold that in a different space of, ah, all right, well, I tried these things. It didn't work. I'm going to patiently, I'm going to give myself that time to come into those answers. And so for right now, until I do, I'm just going to shelf it, pause and focus my energy somewhere else. But just, it's still on your radar, guys. Still, you know, it's still there. It hasn't gone anywhere, but we're just hitting the pause button. Mm-hmm. And and can we please be a little more compassionate with ourselves, right? Absolutely. Well, and I find it's interesting that you mentioned to shelf things. That's that's an imagery that I've mentioned to some of the <laughs> ladies that I've worked with that are going through faith transition. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they've been a particular faith oh, or they've so had true. a particular belief or mm-hmm. set of beliefs for a very long time. And as they are going into this new space of really discovering what does work for me and what doesn't work for me, um, I always recommend, you know, anything that we've learned up until this point, there's value in it, regardless of what I'm not saying you need to adhere to that for the rest of your life. I'm not saying that this needs to be you, but shelf it so that when you can look back into that box and kind of take the pieces out that were valuable and, and set aside the ones that helped you to grow, but are no longer serving you kind of a thing. I love this. Um, I think that that's a really, really key space where um, if any of us are having that experience, recognizing that we are doing our best, 
recognizing that um, we are still worthy of love, regardless of where we believe that that love comes from. Um, we are still incredible, amazing, divine beings that have a very, very particular specific mission. And to allow ourselves into that space of, hey, it's okay if I need to shelf this for now. It's okay if I need to say, this is the most compassionate thing I can do so I can recognize what's really me and what's been encouraged to be me, which actually isn't. Um, oh, that's such, oh, that's so good. I love it. <laughs> I, I think too, with this whole um, talk about always do your best. I don't know why my thoughts are just fleeting. Okay, give me a sec. When we do our best. So the thing that I wanted to share with this is. <laughs> You're okay. good. You're doing I know, good. Right? It's mm -hmm. going to come. You're doing your best, second. Julie. I know. I can right? see that. Can you tell? Yeah, oh, I can awesome. totally see that. Yeah, yeah, truly though. <laughs> oh, here's what I wanted to say. So see, it came this time. It came mm -hmm. back. Is that it's important to understand this too, because guys in life, we are constantly reinventing ourselves, learning. We're constantly growing. And even our missions, what I've learned too, is our missions can change. Our purposes Absolutely. can change. And by the way, there's it is possible to have more than one purpose. And it's not so much even about what to do to fulfill that purpose. It's who to be in those mm. purposes. It's the beingness. You're, I guarantee you, most of you who are searching for your purpose are already doing it. You just don't recognize Ooh, it. I got the because, chills. I love that. Yes, because... It's a state of beingness mm. and we can only be right where we are until it's time and we're ready to learn more because everything is given line upon line and precept upon precept. We start with what we have and then as our understanding grows, um, more things are added or we might find that as we as we grow and we come step more fully into who we are, we're, we now have the experience, those gifts and those talents to fulfill other purposes as well. So what this means and what I'm trying to convey to you is hold that space for yourself that it's okay, you know, if, you're if you feel like you're having an identity crisis or you're kind of feeling like I'm not good at this yet or that's, that's great. That means you're that's you're doing life because that's doing what life it. is. You yeah, are. You're, you're in the thick it. of it. You're in the thick of it. <laughs> yes, you're there, guys. Like, let we don't. The point that we stop is when we probably no longer even need to be here. When we've outgrown our need to be here on Earth, and the Lord takes us up or something. But mm -hmm. all I have to say is, you know, if if you have that desire and and you're working towards something to. Um, to share, to do, to be, guys, you're doing it. You are already doing it. And just hold that space for yourself and know, okay, and more will come when I'm ready. When I'm ready, not before, but when you're ready. Mm. I did, I remember with my, I when I first hired a, a business coach, the amazing Kushla Chadwick. Ooh-hoo, she is amazing. Yes. I know so, that girl. Yeah. I know that girl. <laughs> When I first hired her, I had just started my business and I knew, okay, this, and I'm going to give you this as an example. I knew I wanted to do business. I knew what I was good in coaching. You know, I was certified in that. Okay. And so I felt ready to put my business together, but I didn't know the, the business how to of like marketing and all that stuff, like funnels. What's that? I didn't even know. 
And so I hired a business coach to help me learn the ropes to fast track me. I could have done that or gone back to school and gotten a degree in marketing or business, but that would have taken a lot more time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. and I was already, I had already decided that I was going to start my business. So I hired a mentor to help me show me the ropes and give me that part that I was missing. And she did. And she was amazing. And I had one of the most productive years that year. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was constantly working on projects and very much into creative mode. In fact, my word that year that I focused on was create. And that was that year. I can sum it up in that one word. Ooh, great word. But fast forward two years later. Do you know, it's not until this year that all of those things that I was taught by her and through her are clicking into place. And I see where that might've been just a little premature and it's okay because now it's the night, it's the right time. And those things that she taught me, I am just now learning again. Mm. It's just now like snapping into place. So it happens guys. And, and it, and there's nothing wrong. Was there anything wrong with me hiring her back then? No. Was there anything wrong with me not getting it completely back then, even though I was kind of going through the motions? And nope, there was nothing wrong with that. But is it okay to be in the space now and those things are clicking into place? Yep. And and interestingly enough, as I'm on this journey in my business and in my personal life, I'm realizing we are just at different states at every point in our life. And each one is necessary and each one is important and each one holds its own value. And we don't have to have all the answers. Woo-hoo! Can I get an amen? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I love that. That's so validating, Julie. I think that is just, I'm I'm like feeling so inspired for myself right now. I'm like, wow, yes! Listeners, you got to chuckle at this because Lindsay and I, before we started this podcast and we were talking and catching up with each other, we're like so paralleling each other. And really, it's funny. You always teach what you need. Mm. Isn't that funny? Like you always teach on the thing that you need. Uh Wow. So it's kind of funny. I, I never do these without understanding that, oh, this must be what I need to. <laughs> I love that so much. So we're going through this with you. If any of this resonates with you, just know you're not alone. Just know. We're in this <laughs> together. <laughs> so I do want to give you an opportunity to share what are the dates of your um, Iceland uh, retreat and yeah. how can somebody, con- what's the best way for someone to connect with you if they're interested in that? Yeah. So you can go to my website, lindsayellers.com. Um, over in the top, there's eat, play, love adventures. That's the name of my retreats. Uh, the dates for Iceland is going to be September 23rd through 26th. Um, I keep them short, but I always invite people to like, while you're on Island or while you're wherever mm-hmm. we're going, spend some extra time and do some other things. And honestly, most of the other ladies that are coming will be doing that too. And and me too. Like I have mm-hmm. to be there early to set up and I have to stay a little longer. <laughs> and part of my business model is I bring my daughter with me where I, I go. That. So yeah. I hope you never change that. I've always Thank thought you. if I, it, I don't want to say if, when I start getting into retreats, my daughter will be accompanying me as well. Because guess what, guys, our kids learn through us and what an awesome opportunity, right? Like Mm -hmm. just how cool is that to be able to expose our children to those things and um, to add to 
their lives. Yeah. I just love that. Oh, thank you. I, it's... you know what, Lindsay, it has been such a joy to reconnect with you today and you, to have Jules. you on the show. Thank I you. am so grateful. Your messages are so powerful and so needed. Okay. I've needed them. <laughs> <laughs> right back at you. We're just helping each other out here. We're just walking each other home. That's all. That, that's right. Mm-hmm. And you too, listeners. <laughs> you that's right. We love you guys. We do. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tuning in. And again, if you can also uh, connect. We can. You can find Lindsay too in the group. She's in our fan page group, and you can give a shout out to her. Share what what she. You know, if there's something that she touched on that really resonated with you, would you please share that in the group? Because, I would love that. Right? I'd Give us some feedback, it. guys, because we're this is you know an opportunity to to just share in this all this yumminess together. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I love it. Um we do have before we go, we have a couple of announcements. We are bringing on I'm bringing on Paul Pulsifer. And I shared a little bit about him on another uh, episode, but I just want to say I'm really excited to bring him on the show. We are going to be exploring a topic that is somewhat uncomfortable for people, but I'm hoping by the time we're done with this that that it will help you listeners who struggle in this area to feel more at peace with it. And that is that we're just, we're discovering and going to explore our relationship with God. And this Mm. doesn't have to do with necessarily specific religion because you can have a relationship with God at any point or any phase of your life or wherever that understanding is. So what I'm going to ask is let's just shelve the religion part of it. We're going to let you listeners kind of go on that religious journey yourselves. That's personal. That's for you. But what we, what I do want to talk about on that episode with him is just why it's so important to have a relationship with God or a higher power, why it's important to have something larger than yourself and how it can be so healing. Mm. So this is what Paul and I are going to be talking and sharing about. And then I'm also bringing on a really lovely lady. Her name is Lisa Cude, and she is incredible another amazing person that you're going to fall in love with she's going to be talking about her journey and the things that she's overcome come overcame overcome anyway yeah it all sounds good to me. it all sounds good <laughs> but she's she again another person who's had kind of the, the the odds stacked against her and it's a story of hope and a story of overcoming and healing uh i think what i what i really love about her too is how she's been able to really face shame head on. So that's all coming up. So stay tuned.